so as I mentioned to you, Russell, the other day, as I'm looking around and, you know, reacclimating to this gentleman from 30 years ago and hearing his frustration in his YouTube videos and complaining that, you know, this is monumental stuff, monumental. And I, and I agree it is what he's done and the work that he's continued to do over the past 30 years himself too. It's monumental. It's life changing to people if they, but nobody watches the videos. You know, a few hundred people or whatever. But as I said to you, Russell, imagine how these people are that the thing that they live for is to see the next Tucker Carlson six minute, eight minute, 20 minute, 10 minute, whatever it is, blip of what Tucker's got to say. And it reminded me that this is what's happened with talk radio for 30 years. Is the people are just tuned in to everything they can get a hold of as to what's happening to them. But the things that you put out there to show them an actual solution, a actual roadmap back to the sanity, you can't get anybody to watch. You can't get anybody to listen. And and I I think there's a biblical record of that. And, and I'm going to try to dig into it maybe in some upcoming fellowships. Because um, whether it's the delusion that that God is bringing on the people so that they will remain in the delusion. We can attribute it to, see now this earpiece and this thing this headset jeremiah just went dead am i live yes okay i i still have audio yeah all right well i don't know it, it just came back all right well anyhow so my point is is that I, whether this is you know the working of god and the delusions are on the people and um he's not willing to let them you know come back the vast majority to come back to a time of repentance i really don't know but now this is three times just this week that this scenario has played out where people are becoming frustrated because seemingly the people aren't aren't really listening or or whatever and aren't interested i guess is what i'm trying to say too is maybe not only not listening but also not interested in really looking to the solutions just like i mentioned last week with these 40 near nearly four dozen black on white crimes Our people haven't taken to the street. We haven't burned down cities. Because I guess, as our local talker says, you know, we're the peaceful ones. 
and to do violent things is just not our nature. And so I'm sitting here looking at all this and what will it take for the Saxons to awake and begin to hate? Uh, you know, maybe that's too strong a word or something, but four dozen people die. These are somebody's mother, brother, son, father. I don't know if anybody got a chance to go look at that website that chronicled those nearly four dozen murders. But they're killing us. And they have every intention of destroying everything that we represent. And I believe what it is that we represent is we represent the will of God. And that is why I think this series on racial exclusivity needs to happen. And the people have to have an open ear to it. As I titled the first message, I said, about time, it's dealt with. But it won't be dealt with because I believe this is going to be just like the man who has for 30 years been trying to fully equip and prepare individuals to fight against this systematic destruction of them using the the tools of the bureaucracy and laments that nobody watches the videos yes he he does ask for a fee for some services if you want to employ those services from him at some time but he's been giving free information that if you went through it all you'd have everything that he's ever sold as far as information. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Good evening, Rich. So one begins to wonder, is is the cost not high enough? You know, do we do we raise rates? Is information that's free no good? Uh, I mean, you know, YouTube, Tucker Carlson and all the rest of it. But I found myself thinking this is this is all that has happened for 30, 40 years is we get to learn every night or every day for three hours or whatever. And I got to thinking this seems a lot more like really controlled opposition. And I got to thinking about how many of these individuals that I know that are in these talk radio positions were former liberals, admitted former liberals. And I begin to wonder, you know, has this been all a charade over the past 30 years? Has this has been one of the tools to keep the people occupied, give them a relief vent, so to speak, so that they feel like something's always happening? 
in a good way, I guess, for their side. While in reality, nothing is happening at all. So, I don't know. That's just some of the thoughts I've been having here the last few days and stuff. When you asked about current events or whatever, uh, Russell, I don't I don't really have much in the way of the current events other than that, that quote from Schumer. Uh, I really think that that one, you know, I would like to know if America, hearing that quote, and I'm talking about middle liberal whatever if 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 we really do have a country that that kind of a statement just really causes nobody any pause or nobody any issue but well, did you hear what was going on in massachusetts no tell us there's the advertising on tv right now that says that babies know that they're transvestites at the time of birth. And then we have um, a district attorney for, I think, Suffolk County. She's a George Soros girl, and she will uh, prosecute anybody for hate crimes that talks against transvestites and and uh, doing these surgeries on the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene's got a got a bill proposed to be voted on that is going to is intended to treat these as child mutilators. See how far that goes. Um. Yeah, this one I was talking about is advertising with Boston Children's Hospital. It was one of the premier hospitals in the world. Just sick. Yeah, they are. They truly are sick. So I don't know. uh, Biden wants to give away $10,000 to college students to help pay their bills. And they're complaining now because it's not enough. They want more. And indeed, they will want more. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying that the college loans won't, at 10000 will won't even put a dent in their, their payments. No, it yeah, won't. The typical loan's 150000 isn't it? Well, yeah, you're talking about twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars a year for four years. Just you know, four years. You figure you know, there you are. You're at at a hundred, a hundred and a half. Yeah, it's a real good deal, isn't it? And then they can be taught that they don't have to uh, know what a woman is, 
Well, we don't have to know um, transvestites. Why has nobody even brought up the term impeach Biden from our Republican people? As I recall, oh, it's been out. It's been out there, but there's. When Obama was elected, they said that's off the table. Impeachment. You remember that? So no matter yeah. what he does, he's getting a get out of jail. He was the first black president, so you couldn't touch him with a ten foot pole, no matter what he did. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. And boy, he, boy, I think he did a lot to us that we have no clue he did, or was instrumental, or was an instrument in. I don't think he's intellectual enough to be the the ringleader. He's certainly a catalyst. So. No, they're they're all tools in the hands of those mm-hmm. that that control it, and have been. Texas was telling me tonight uh, that he was remembering a message by Peters about Jacob. And how in his mind, his thoughts changed the world, just up in his mind. Do you remember that ser- sermon? I don't remember that uh, one myself. Well, no, I can't say that anything pops into my head there either. Well, I'll have to get, find out what it was, but. I mean, I understand the concept uh, that he was probably conveying is that is that, yeah, you take Abraham. Abraham had no children. um, And then he had to. He had to envision. In his whole belief process. That what God had told him was actually going to happen. And and we're talking about a multitude of nations were going to come from his loins, a multitude of nations. He didn't get to see any of it. So maybe that's the essence of the message. And just by what you briefly said, you know, we clearly get that, you know, and and then, you know, I would say that Jacob was less uh than that than than abraham himself was in terms of what he had to you know all he could do was visualize it and and so forth in his mind that's all that's all he had now jacob certainly had his 12 son jacob israel and um certainly were able to see the progeny beginning to grow no doubt but i would say i'd take that back to abraham and and how abraham actually had to envision everything because he didn't get to see any of it. Mm-hmm. And here we are, the progeny of Abraham, and our God has been totally left out of the equation and the wickedness is prevailing in the land. And again, I, I see the people's frustration who are really you know, becoming alert now 
and and trying to you know to figure out why are people so cavalier about these things and do they not seem more interested and more intent on stopping things on reversing things on you know whatever it is their expectation is specifically this doctor that i was referring to um <clears throat> And I've commented here even in the last few months, I, I've said, you know, frankly, uh, I honestly believe the Lord has led us in the right way with what we're doing here with TalkShoe because um, it isn't about views. It isn't about clicks. It isn't about, it really is the people who who want to earnestly um be fed by that word and to find the answers in that word and the solutions in that word. And I, there is no solution or salvation for this country in its, in its political makeup. It's like I said to you, Russell, when I talked to you earlier this week, when the foundations be destroyed, what are the righteous to do? Rebuild the foundations. Rebuild the foundation. You can't rebuild a foundation if you're going to try to keep the old foundation that's broken and in disarray and destruction. You can't rebuild on that foundation. And how many times did the scripture tell us to remember? In fact, I wrote a note to myself. We're going to do a fellowship series, I think, on remember in the Bible. Because they have worked systematically to take out of our memory everything, including this right here that we've been studying, which is racial exclusivity in the Bible having nothing to do with anything other than the will of God. The fact that it happens to be a white, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, Celtic, and kindred peoples, and people want to take issue with that. My only question is, why aren't you taking issue with the Jews who claim that they are God's chosen people? So the very people that are so afraid and so introverted to express their racial and genetic characteristics and traits would allow all of these others and their racial characteristics and traits to overrun super I mean, how long does it continue? And in the scriptures, the only answers that we see is until there's a true repentance and a return. And as I said, you look through the, the books of the kings and so forth, 
and you find righteous kings that have about four paragraphs on. But you'll find the unrighteous kings have got maybe four chapters on, or maybe that's a little bit over, but you'll have a little bit more detail in order to obviously tell us something about what it is that they did, even though some of the good kings still left some of the bad stuff in its wake. Think about Jeroboam. Maybe we should do that one of these fellowships too. Um, we'll try to complete this thing here uh, on racial exclusivity because I really do want to hammer on it. So we'll get underway here in a little bit. But, um, you know, think about Jeroboam and the very things that Jeroboam changed when he first came into office, so to speak. All of them a violation of God's will and his creative order. And yet, the people of God continue to be misled by their leaders, lied to incessantly, given false doctrine, dogmatic doctrine, dogmatic false doctrine, to the point of their own destruction. It's almost as if, by throwing the word of God out in terms of the laws, statutes, and judgments as being done away. They get to be able to say, well, look, look at how unrighteous man's law is, and therefore they get to preach against the sin and the sinners. You following what I'm saying? Yeah, but then again, I don't even know if they do preach about the sin and the sinners anymore. Russell, you were telling me here we got another guy out here preaching the prosperity gospel, don't we? <laughs> and they do just fine, don't they? Preaching that prosperity gospel. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. All right. Last few weeks we've been taking on racial exclusivity in the Bible for the purposes of not making one race more important, more loving, more lovable, more this, more that, more wiser, no, no, none of those things. Simply, it was the will of the creator. That's it. And if you disagree with that racial exclusivity and the purposes for which he engaged in it, then you don't love God. Indeed, you hate God. And you do not like this God and you want to change this God into the God that you want him to be. We were working in much of the New Testament the use, the, the, the um, what do I want to say, um, synonymous usage of Israel, brethren, and even Gentiles. Those three words actually having synonymous meanings by the parties who use those words and got translated into our translations 
and I was going through a lot of those in the New Testament, but I realized as I started to go through those, I, we were up against the end of the hour and there really probably was not enough time. And now we've kind of delayed a little bit here this evening and I, I'm hoping that there's enough time, but because now I'm kind of wondering if I've got the time to actually do it and complete it in this fellowship, uh, I would like to. But so I went back into um, Acts, all the way through Acts, in fact, and went through some of those scriptures again, where brethren, Israel and Gentile were almost used, you know, universe, uh, not universally, synonymously. And so in Acts chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 17, uh, oh, Acts chapter 2 first, Acts chapter 2, verses 22, 29, and 37, 22, 29, and 37. And then in Acts 3, 12, 13, and 17, and then in uh, again at um, 22, which was about the prophet from among your brethren. So we spent a little time on that, went back to, to Gen uh, Exodus with Moses telling us about a prophet among uh, of your brethren, wh which tells the story that Jesus had to be of the brethren. That is a common. Remember that we actually took the word from the Greek. It was in the Greek lexicon that we revealed the clearer definition, which unequivocally for us the greek definition which must be attributable to those verses and that was that um it's a you know a first um kinsman and let me see if i can go back here in my notes on definition there um yeah descended from the same first ancestor belonging to the same people or countrymen now, I don't want anybody to misunderstand any of this that I go through in Acts today as to try to deceive you that every time you see the word brethren, that it excludes brethren as a community of like believers. That is not the case. There are clearly instances where Paul may say, I want you to go back to the brethren in Antioch. Well, he clearly would be referencing brethren as those who had come to the belief and the understanding, but they still were Israelites. Remember, Jesus said that's who he came to. And that's who he was going to have his apostles go to first. And they first came to the Judahites and the Judahites everywhere they went were rejecting them. rejecting the gospel message. So Stephen, in the book of Acts, in chapter 7, um, verse 37 and 39, in his message to the council there, he also, again, men, brethren, Israelites, Paul's, uh, in fact, uh turn with me i haven't opened up even to acts yet this one popped out at me as, and, and why i said that i thought you know i really went through 
things a little bit quick in these scriptures in the New Testament, but in Acts chapter 9, we have it from Jesus himself. Um, uh, chapter 9. Uh, what was I going to do there? Uh, I wrote a note to myself. Now I'm wondering if I got the wrong chapter and verse. I wrote a note to myself and said, by Jesus, by spirit in Acts 9.15. Um, but I was thinking... I think what I was thinking about there was when Jesus appeared to Paul. Oh, I'm in Hebrews. That's why. That's probably why. I didn't realize I dropped the book down and did not make sure I continued to get into Acts. So let me get into Acts, and that may be the correct reference then. But I think what I was thinking about was when. Jesus appeared to uh, Paul and what he said there. And that was one of the things that I had actually forgotten about. Yeah, here it is. Okay. Um, so here we have Saul, you know, um, has been met with Ananias. And um, Ananias converses with the Lord. And in 15... The Lord says to Ananias, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles in the King James Version. And that simply means nations. And in fact, when you go look that word up, it will say non-Judahite. Some make the mistake of inferring all Israel, but it is not. It would simply be those that were not Judahites. Um, he says, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So once again, we have Christ himself in the book of Acts reiterating that Paul's mission is going to be to speak to the nations, the non-Judahite nations, the kings, and the children of Israel. And I had all overlooked that one, but as I was going back through, through it, uh, the book of Acts, and I wanted to pull these scriptures out so that everybody could try to help those who've, I guess, you know, their churches don't teach them any of this anymore. Um, and allow them to think on their own and to pull this out of the scriptures. But Paul and Barnabas in uh, Acts uh, thirteen forty two, they were asked to. They asked that they would hear of of Paul and Barnabas again the next Sabbath, and it says that nearly the whole city, nearly the whole city, had come to hear Paul and Barnabas. And the Jews became filled with envy at the multitude. 
And isn't that what we see with a guy like Donald Trump being filled with envy at the multitudes of the crowds while they work evil? They can't. They have no desire to understand why the people aren't thronging and and so forth at their gatherings and at their presidential, you know, but yet, you know, millions and hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands are are you know coming to hear the other guy that that seems to be indicating that he wants to he wants to clean out this wickedness um we turned uh um let's see maybe i should go into acts 13 real quick and just point out, um, so I mentioned 1342, and let's read it real quick. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath day. Okay, now what possible possibly could that word Gentiles be there other than the non-Judahites? And those that gathered around the, the who else would have been in the synagogues are you are, should i be convinced that the other people that would have been in the synagogue would have been non-israelites now when the congregation was broken up many of the jews and religious proselytes should read judahites and religious proselytes followed paul and barnabas um, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, they came almost, they came, the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they'll they were filled with envy. They spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blasphemy. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, that is the Judahites, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of the everlasting life, lo, we turn to whom? Israelite Gentiles, the Israelite nations. For so has the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the nations that thou should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when they heard this, the nations, the people, the non-Judites heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And who did we learn was ordained to eternal life? Those that believed. And who was it that was to believe first? And who was it that was to be gone to first? It was the Israelites, those tribes that were cast off and had been put away from God, as we've been discussing again and again in past fellowships. And then here again in I, um, Iconium in Acts chapter 14, um, it says that Jews, meaning Judahites, and Greeks believed. And we know that those Greek, 
14, uh, 14.1, it came to pass in uh, Iconium that they went both together to the synagogues of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Judahites and also of the Greeks believed. Greek Israelites, but the unbelieving Judahites stirred up and then again, they use this translation Gentile again, stirred up the non-Judahites and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. And long time, therefore, they abode speaking boldly in the Lord and gave testimony. Um, and again, what did they do? They stirred up the people, stirred up the people not to believe the biblical record the prophets that spoke that said God would raise up one from among your brethren and he would be the one who would redeem you to him. And that's exactly what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection. He redeemed his people back to him. Uh, Peter then again at Acts chapter 15 verses seven through nine. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago, God made choice among us that the nations by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which I know, which knows the hearts, <clears throat> bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And he put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. The only people we're ever talking about here is Israelites and Judahites. Judahites had believed that they were the only people because they did not get divorced. Israel was divorced by God, and therefore they had no part with him it's they still feel that same way today don't they or they know it and, and here again at 10 now, therefore, why tempt God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? We believe that through Christ, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Judahites can be saved. Israelites can be saved. Because of the redemptive blood of Christ. But the Judahites had to repent because they were still practicing wickedness against the command of God. They had no right. They even, as we did and, in, in, you know, discovered through the parable, when he said to them, you know, what should the, be done to these wicked husbandmen? He said, you should literally destroy them and lend it out to others. And that's exactly what he did. He literally destroyed the unbelieving, unrepented Judahites, and he lent it out the vineyard to another, to Israel. And 
those that are working evil against Israel today, all over the world, are doing so in hopes that God will apparently cast these Israelites off once and for all, and they will be the crowning jewel. And what's so ironic about that at all is how could they ever think in their wickedness God would ever want them to be his people? And likewise, we have to look at ourselves as Israelites and our country, our people, which is why he's always said he'll have a remnant. And the most salient grace in all of this is that he said, I will always have a remnant in Jacob, Israel. At Acts chapter 15, uh, verses 13 to 18, after they had held their peace, James answered. Actually, it's James. Well, um, yeah, Peter gives some counsel here. Then James answers, after that they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon has, Simeon meaning Simon Peter, has declared how God at the first did visit the non-Judahites, which the only person that these could be would be the Israelites, to take out of them a people for his name. Peter just got through declaring all this in those verses preceding verse 14 here in Acts chapter 15. And to this agree the words of the prophets. He's saying the prophets agree with what Peter, Simon Peter, just said, as it is written. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and set it up, that the residue of men might seek after Yahweh and all the non-Judahites upon whom my name is called, says Yahweh, who does all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is, so James is now saying, my final word on all this here is that we trouble them not, which from among the nations are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, from fornications and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time ha has in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. He's saying right here, the thing we need to do is write letters to all these believers Tell them what they need to do to abstain from things strangled to idols, from blood, so forth. These are the things that are the primary importance, he says. And then what did they do in 22 on? Then it pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole assembly. It's written church in the King James, but that's what it is. The whole assembly to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch, back to Antioch, with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Sabas and Silas, chief among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and the elders and the brethren, sending greeting unto the brethren, which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, of the non-Judahites in Antioch 
Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It's, and so we'll, we'll stop there. So there's that whole dispute over circumcision that was going on in chapter 15. But once again, what we have here is James is elaborating on the words given to the fathers, given through the prophets, all one and the same, and telling them we need to go back, send some letters for them, instruct them properly, don't let these others creep in unawares and tell them they have to do this, they have to do that, and they have to do whatever in order to receive salvation or something, because that's not what they needed to understand. They needed to understand Christ, the atonement. He was the sacrifice. And again, Judas and Silas uh, in Antioch uh, 15, uh, chapter 15 of Acts, verses 30 and 31, 30 to 33. Um, so when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. When they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, the letters that they wrote which when they read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Again, 33. And after they had tarried there a space, Jeremiah, can you grab the 19? Yeah. I'll close the window here. If anybody has any idea why these Ford trucks um, alarms go off, um, well, I've got one that's doing it, and even my 11 has done it. So uh, they just all of a sudden go off, and I'm all right. So anyhow, um, when they when they get into uh, Antioch with the letters and the epistles, everybody is consoled by it. And again, the purpose that I wanted to go into these passages again was because I wanted to show the um, synonymous use of Israel, brethren, and Gentile, and so forth, and get it in people's minds better because the church world has done such a job on the people making Gentiles as, as, exclusively in their minds as meaning non-Jews. And yes, it does mean non-Judahite, but then they excluded Israelite from this. And you have to take it in its totality. And all of this was being done to the brethren, the Israelite brethren, the um, uh, descendants from the same first ancestor belonging to the same people this was the brethren or who they were referring to as brethren all the time not just gentiles the way the church has been teaching it as meaning all non-judahites clearly the israelites were part of the equation which is why i keep trying to go into these things because I realize that a lot of people who, like us who still understand their biblical Israelite identity 
there's still a lot of gray areas and things and it leaves even our youth being you know beaten up by the church world goers and so forth whom they're trying to socialize with and so forth and find mates and so forth and they're getting beat up by this stuff and they don't know how to handle it and they just need to handle it by getting the people to once again understand the whole reason for the death burial and resurrection of christ was for the redemption of his people jacob israel who'd been cast off and divorced and not knowing that not understanding that is the key component and then once you continue through the scriptures and you realize that he still has this new covenant that hebrews 8 8 says with his people the house of judah and the house of israel now we know he still is dealing with the same people it's as plain as the nose on our faces but not having that and not being um sound in that and capable to wield the the righteous sword of faith and truth back at these individuals they they find themselves shirking back and shrinking out of of debate critical debate that needs to be happening and recoiling in horror as if they're some kind of racists or something and can't understand what's happening in our countries right now because this history and this knowledge is being taken from them uh, today i was inspired with a thought remember remember mm -hmm. So in the next couple of fellowships, I think we're going to do a series of fellowships on remember. Just remember, you take away the word of God that says, remember these things. Remember this that I've made with you. Remember, when you do all this sinning, I'm going to cast you off. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to redeem you remember 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 stop stop for there's no memory of this yep remember what the prodigal son did he was in the mud what what happened to him he, he started to remember didn't he, he did. and it it said and then he began to think that that remembering cleared his cleared his mind, didn't it? Yeah. It is a purging. Act. I mean, it's a remembering and recall is a, is is a privilege and a gift. I mean, we sh it should be an ordinary thing, but it is a gift to have good recall because it's so beneficial because it can help guide your steps in the future absolutely absolutely so again remember when we discussed ephesians both in the uh kingdom dominion or future dominion series uh, bird's eye view of revelation as well as 
I believe I touched on Ephesians in part one of this series. The only people that were alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel were the 10 northern tribes. That was the only people that were alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel. So when we read in Ephesians, Paul's address to the Ephesians and says, you know, talks about those alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel. Who is he talking to? The only people that could possibly be alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel. And that was Jacob, Israel, the 10 northern tribes. The house of Judah was still intact. So now turn to Galatians chapter one, Paul, an apostle, one, one. Uh, and in parentheses, it says not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God that actually uh, and the father who raised him from the dead. That whole part there that's in parentheses is not in the original manuscripts, but Paul, an apostle. And all the brethren which are with me under the churches, the assemblies of Galatia or the called of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God, the father, from our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so here, Paul addresses the Galatians, which Josephus actually tells us at Antiquities 1632, many Israelites resided in Galatia. This is why Paul is addressing those in Galatia, the epistle to the Galatians. It says in verse two, and all the brethren, that's the same Greek term or word, Adelphos, number 80 in, in Strong's, kinsman, common first ancestor. Now, I want to bring our attention quickly to something which connects with that series on Kingdom uh, Dominion Fellowship uh, or Future Dominion, that bird's eye view of Revelation. That is verses six through 10. And let me read them. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would prevent the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I marvel how soon you are removed from him, from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. Here we are, the Christian Israelites in America. And how soon are we removed from him, our rock, the Emmanuel, our God with us, who called us into his grace and how soon we are removed unto another gospel. The gospel of the Constitution for the United States of America. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would prevent the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that than that which we've preached. Let him be accursed. 
And I say amen and amen. Any of these churches and preachers that are preaching another gospel, let him be accursed. As we said before, Paul continues, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. We cannot be a servant of Christ and please these men who want us to go back to the slop of the Constitution that has destroyed the very foundation of Christ in our land. Revelation. Talked about those seven assemblies. We didn't really touch on them in that because I just kind of paraphrased what it was all about. He's given a critique. Christ himself giving a critique over the assemblies. There were already seven, seven divisions in the assemblies over essentially being one as a servant in Christ. And so it is yet today. And we have people saying, we need unity, we need unity, we need unity. Well, whose unity is it going to be? Whose gospel is it going to be? The only way to achieve unity is that we sit down with this book and we arrive at unity. We leave every day with each other in unity. Even when we do not understand, we leave in unity and we do not divide. Because a divided house will surely fall. Are we to assume or in fact infer that in every land and every city that Paul traveled that is recorded throughout the New Testament, there were no Israelites in spite of him calling men, brethren, Israelites? There's three witnesses between the Gospels Josephus and Christ's words in Revelation. Are we to infer that Paul implied racial inclusivity in Galatians 3 7? Let's just flip over there real quick. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? Was Paul deceived? Did Paul not know what he was talking about? And then exclusively claim that Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law at 3.13? No man is justified, 11, by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. 
and when the and the law is not of faith but the man that does them shall live in them christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree He redeemed us from the curse of the law, which forbid us to be reunited with the former husband in marriage after we'd went and gone a whoring and adulterated ourselves with another God. Fourteen, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon Again, they use the word translated Gentiles. Simply would have been non-Judahites. Through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. You can't be redeemed unless you've been sold. Only Israel was sold for nothing and redeemed without money. Isaiah 52, 3. Three thirteen. Yes, I already did that. Three seventeen. And I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serve the law? The law, what law? The law that was added 430 years later at Mount Sinai, the marriage covenant contract. And the ordinances which were attached to that contract. Blood ordinances, blood sacrifices, and so forth. He was the propitiation. He was the atonement for that sin. Wherefore then serve the law. It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. The righteousness did not come by the law. The righteousness of the Israelites came by the sacrifice of the Christ child, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, our God with us. Did Paul wish for us to infer that racial inclusivity when he writes at Galatians 3 9, they, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham? Is that what he intended? Is that what we are to understood? Verse 11, the just shall live by faith. And verse 14, the blessing of Abraham would come upon those, meaning 
to get non non Judahites as well through Jesus. And then turn right around in verse 15 there and say, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be of man's though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls nor adds unto. Nobody added unto that covenant. Nobody took away from that covenant that God made with Abraham. It was to Abraham that he said were the promises made, and that's exactly what Paul said. But the church world has everybody believing that Paul's talking to non-Israelites. Now, chapter 4, verse 16. Better pick it up here so we can complete it. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you this truth? Drop down to 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was born by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which genders to bondage, which is Agar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Abraham, Arabia and answers to Jerusalem, which now is in bondage with her children. Uh, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bears not, break forth and cry that thou travails not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. The desolate has many more children than she which has the husband. Who is she which had the husband? Judah had the husband. Israel was divorced. For the desolate has many more children than she which has the husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We, brethren, you see, the the um, the the equivalent usage of Israel. Isaac is Israel. The. The whole epistle to the Galatians is rife with potential inferences of racial inclusivity, but only to the intellectually dishonest and ignorant with the exegetical context. It has the appearance of racial inclusivity. But the only racial inclusivity that Paul is speaking of is the Israelites and the Judahites. If you rob these and the other epistles of their biblical context to stuff the fat foot of racial inclusivity into it, you've bastardized the clear meaning and the identity of the genetic exclusivity of all of those not 
of Abram and Jacob Israel, to whom Paul keeps saying the promises were made and to whom Paul refers to as brethren and fellow Israelites at Galatia. Israelites were now Romans, Greeks, Galatians, Corinthians, Carthaginians, Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, and by all by geography and not and 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 in fact nationality. <laughs> Who's doing that? Jeremiah? Not sure. <laughs> You're supposed to be sure. <laughs> well, hello to you too. Whoever you are that's writing on our screen here, trying to show their their prowess here, their ability to uh to utilize the tools of TalkShoe better than uh better than us. So anyhow, and, and I missed the focal point here. They are Israelites by geography and nationality, but they remained the genetic stock of a common first ancestor, Jacob Israel. They had to be. There's no need to deny it. There's no need to hide it. There's no need to be ashamed of it. Other than as people of God, the people of the God of Jacob Israel, I'll say better, we have, as our forefathers before us, miserably failed. Our great commission to bless the world in righteousness and in the will of Yahweh, that this whole world that this whole world, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Hope I've got that right. In my mind. Yes, I do. Chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who has God so nigh unto them as Yahweh our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all thy days of thy life, 
but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. That is why they want you to forget. That is why they do not want you to know your heritage, your root, your biblical identity. That is why they are after you to crush you, to defeat you, to bury you, to drive you out from the country that God gave to you. Isaiah chapter 2. And many people shall go and say, I'm at verse 3 in Isaiah chapter 2. Come you and let us go up to the mountain of Yahweh, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Remember who we learned Jerusalem was? Christ is the new Jerusalem from our bird's eye view of Revelation. He is the temple not made with hands. So this all started because Russell decided make that bold statement. Oh, God's a racist. And this racial exclusivity flows through this biblical record like the Gulf Stream of history. There's no need to deny it. And there is no need to hide it. There definitely is no need to be ashamed of it. Embrace it. And you defeat the enemies. Because by embracing it, you know, as Paul said, you are a servant of Christ. When you are about the will in the service of the King of Kings. This is why you have to be defeated, white boy. This God chose you. Other people choose their gods. This God chose you not because you were white. This God chose you not because you were tall. This God chose you not because you were handsome. This God chose you not because you were more and mightier in number. Embrace it. He chose you. Just like a father chooses a son or a daughter 
carry on. Father is no longer there to carry on. That is the Great Commission. So I pray that this message will go out and will find fertile ground and fertile minds who will once again understand their identity and once again be reacclimated to their true biblical commission and they will root out and tear down wickedness in their own land. I ask it, Father, to be a blessing to those ears. I pray it is within your will that these be the words that they should hear. If not, let it go nowhere. I ask for your blessing upon it wherever it may go. I thank you for the inspiration that you've been drawing me to for presenting these series of fellowships about your racial exclusivity and your purposes for it. I pray that it can be received by your people and that they can indeed and will repent and turn from their wicked and evil ways. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I also want to bring a few more prayers to you, Father. I want to just continue to keep rich in prayer, Father. We want to pray for Steve. Father, we, James, Father, we just know that there are so many that are still struggling with some health issues, Father. And, and we know, Father, that there's so much that has happened in our lives and in our bodies and in our health that has affected us. And Father, we just ask that you touch each of these Israelite brethren and and your children, Father. Touch them with that healing hand and remove from them these afflictions. Guide them in the necessary understanding of what is ailing them so that they might be able to call upon the things that you have given us for ready healing and turning from these maladies that are afflicting them. So, Father, we just keep these men in prayer, yours that are yours all over, Father, that need prayer. We ask, Father, that you know their needs, hear their calls for prayer, hear their calls for healing, grant them. And we'll be able to go boldly out again and again and again and say, look at the healing that our God is doing in the land. Thank you for it, Father. We see it being done in the heavens. We count on it. We trust in it. Amen. 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 All right, everybody. Trust you all have a good evening and we'll catch up with you again next time, I guess. How you doing, Rich? Oh, we're here.